When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so the review for this test, uh, we're taking the test on Friday the 4th, and uh, it's 40 questions, uh, but there's a lot of low-level questions, meaning like uh, how old do you have to be to be a house member and things like that. So uh, there's a lot of kind of easy questions on there. There's a few where you have to read some stuff as well, but for the most part, there's a lot of just, hey, if you know the review materials, you'll be in good shape. So let's run through it. Uh, first up is the House Senate, House and Senate nuts and bolts stuff. And like I said, there are a few questions about this. Like if you just know um, the requirements to be a House member, then you're going to be in good shape. If you know the requirements to be a senator, you're going to be in good shape. So uh, there's probably five to seven questions on just this nuts and bolts stuff. So the requirements uh, for the House first, and they are different, remember, and that's one of the the questions is what are some of the differences. Uh, For the House, you got to be 25 years old. And... You have to be, have been a citizen for seven years. So you, you can be uh, a naturalized citizen. You don't have to be born here. Uh, but seven years, you have to have been a citizen. And then live in the state that you're going to run in. So if I wanted to run here in Georgia for a house seat, I would be good to go. But if I wanted to run in Florida, where I'm originally from, I couldn't because I haven't lived there for a while and I haven't established residency. So you have to live in the state and you have to have been there for a year to do that. On the Senate side, you got to be 30, 30 years old. You got to be a citizen for nine years and you still have to live in the state. So uh, 30 years old, nine years a citizen, and then live in the state. And there are two questions I know for sure on the test, they're going to be like, hey, what would stop someone from being a House member from Georgia? What would stop someone from being a senator from um, some other state, Utah or something like that? And you just got to be able to pick out what's the, the thing that would stop them. So be sure you know the differences in the requirements and what they are. Uh, the numbers, there's 435 House members and 100 senators. So 435 House members. And the House is based on population. So if you have more people, you have more seats in the House. And then the Senate is equal for everybody. Uh, there's two people per state. Okay. Uh, and there's a question about the 435 uh, on the test. Um, so you, you need to remember that it's based on states' populations. And it varies from state to state. Georgia has 14 House members. Uh, California has 53. Some states have one. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. 100 so 100 senators and there's two per state so that's the that's the equality one uh leadership i'm just going to give you the, the ones that are on the test so the big one is the speaker of the house so the speaker of the house um she runs it's right now it's nancy pelosi so it's a she uh she runs the house she gets to decide who's gonna speak uh how long they're gonna speak uh she helps with you know pushing the agenda of the president 
or when Trump was president, uh, you know, keeping his agenda out. So she's the big one. Uh, the other ones you got to know about is the minority leader. So the minority leader is in charge of the party that's not in the majority, obviously. So right now it's the Republicans, uh, and there's not much they can do. So as the minority party, you really don't have much power in the House. Uh, and then the last one you got to know on the test is the WHIP, W-H-I-P. <clears throat> and they're kind of like the muscle of the leadership. Um, they're going to help the, the House, the Speaker of the House and the, the, the Senate leadership. Uh, they're going to help to make sure that people are voting the way they're supposed to within the party. Uh, so you need to know the Speaker. And that's the most powerful, most important position uh, because they run things. On the House side, need to know the minority leader who is in charge of the minority party and then the whip, which is going to be the one that kind of keeps people in shape uh, on both sides, House and Senate. Uh, constituents, those are us. We're citizens, so we're constituents. Uh, if you are 18 and you can vote, then you matter to politicians now. Prior to being 18, they don't really care uh, because you can't vote for them. Just kidding. They care about you, but... Uh, not as much as as when you can vote, but we're constituents uh, for the House. They represent about 800,000 people or so in districts. And then the Senate just is the entire state. So Georgia's population is around 10 million people. So they represent 10 million people. So the constituents is us as citizens. And we, uh, for our House, we're of about 800,000 people, and the Senate is just however many people are in the state. All right, term lengths. Uh, the House is two years, and the Senate is six years. So the House is two years, and the Senate is six years. And there is a question on the test about that, so be sure you remember the two and the six. Two for the House, six for the Senate. And then term limits. Uh, there's a question on this, uh, on the test. Uh, just know this answer that there is no term limits. You can be a House member, a senator, as long as you're getting reelected. So you could run for the House at 25 win, and then you could stay uh, as long as you win re-election for the rest of your life. So no term limits. And remember that that's the key thing on the test tomorrow uh, on that question is the fact that there are no, ter no, there are no term limits for either side. All right. Uh, the powers, there's a couple questions from the powers part here. Uh, and I'm going to give you some numbers, some fractions that you got to know for the test. So be sure uh, to pay attention to the fractions uh, for the impeachment and the veto override. OK, so first up is uh, impeachment. The House draws up the articles of impeachment. OK, so the House draws up the articles of impeachment. So if, if a president, if a federal judge does something wrong, the House is the one that decides, yes, this is an impeachable offense. It takes a majority of the House to pass that. So the House draws up the letter, the articles that says, hey, this is what this person did, and we're going to uh, impeach them. Okay. Then it goes to the Senate. And this is the fraction you got to know for this. It needs two-thirds of the Senate to kick them out. So impeachment is a two-step process. 
The House draws up the articles of impeachment, and it takes a majority of the House to decide, yes, we want to move forward and kick this person out. And then the Senate, they're the ones that actually decide to kick them out, and it takes two-thirds. And you do need to know that fraction. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw the fraction on there, so be sure you remember two-thirds of the Senate, 67 of them. Okay? Uh, veto override is another fraction, and once again, it's two-thirds. So it takes two-thirds, and make sure you're, if you're writing stuff down, make sure you remember it's the full Congress. So how, how I can't talk, House and Senate combined, so 235 is like 467 or something like that. Uh, it's a lot of votes to override a veto. But two-thirds of 535, which is like 460-something, uh, I don't do math, it's stupid, but it's like 460 of the House, I mean, of, of the full Congress. Uh, declaring war, Congress, full Congress declares war. Um, if you think back to your U.S. history days, which I know is about it, a long time ago, but about this time last year, you were doing World War II probably, and remember Pearl Harbor happened. Uh, FDR wanted to declare war, but he had to pull Congress back and get them to declare war because Congress is the only one that can do that. And then advice and consent. Uh, this, and I think the question is specific to treaties on the test, so there is a test question on advice and consent. Um, the Senate, all right, and the Senate only approves all treaties and most appointments the president makes. So the Senate, and it's key, the Senate only will be the ones that approve treaties and presidential appointments. So just a quick side note, uh, President Biden, he got to name a Supreme Court justice, pretty historic moment, the first black female to ever be uh, appointed. She's got to make it through the confirmation process. She looks like a pretty safe candidate to me, but you never know what's going to happen in the Senate. Anyways, uh, she has to go through the Senate approval process. So she'll have to get voted on and confirmed. Yeah. Uh, just, just know the full full Congress has to declare war. I don't think I don't think the number for the test, I don't think the fraction is on the test, if I, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, filibustering. So filibustering, this is Senate only. So Senate only. And the it's a tool that the minority party uses to try and stop bills from passing. Okay. So a filibuster is a Senate only thing. The minority party uses it to stop bills from proceeding. Okay. Uh, basically what's happening, the minority party wants to hold up the majority party as long as possible to try and make them give in, give up whatever the goal is. Okay. So a filibuster is it's unlimited debate. They used to get up and read phone books and other silly stuff. It's a little bit more relaxed nowadays, but still they can talk as long as they want to. Okay. You do need to know uh, on the test what can end a filibuster, and it's called a cloture, which is C-L-O-T-U-R-E. So cloture, I probably should put it on to the uh, review because uh, it's on the test. A cloture vote, and you need 60 senators to say yes, and that ends debate. So cloture vote, 
Uh, you need 60 of them, and um, it ends debate, and they go and vote right away on an issue. Okay? Okay? All right, Citizens United versus FEC. So there is, I think, two questions on the test about Citizens United. It's one of your assignments. Now, please keep in mind, if you're listening to this and haven't started working yet, the first Citizens United uh, assignment that I gave you, the links are broken. And so I put a second one up. Uh, the link should work. It's just watching some video clips and then answering the questions about it. So it should it should work. If it doesn't, let me know. All righty. Guys, if is it because of this, because of that guy? I mean, all right. So, anyways, the court case, Citizens United was an interest group, and they created a movie back in 2008 about Hillary Clinton. And it was not a very flattering movie. It was to make her look bad when she was running against President Obama in the primaries. And they took money from businesses and corporations and things like that, which the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, said was illegal. So Citizens United challenged that decision because FEC put a stop to their movie. And uh, um, they, Citizens United challenged them, and it went to the Supreme Court. Now, the Supreme Court, and the key thing to, to know here about this decision, and one of the things on the test tomorrow, is that the Supreme Court said that campaign donations are tied to free speech. All right, so they basically correlated the money you donate to a uh, organization as free speech because corporations are individuals. Do you remember that from your uh, econ days? <clears throat> so Citizens United uh, had the decision overturned, and they were then allowed to take money from whoever, businesses, unions, uh, individuals, corporations, and spend it how they wanted to. Okay, so once again, to recap, Citizens United had made a movie, uh, that made Hillary Clinton look pretty bad uh, because that was their goal. They were not fans of Hillary Clinton. Uh, the FEC shut it down because the Citizens United had taken money from businesses and corporations, which the FEC said was illegal. Interest groups could not take money and then run commercials like they were running uh, against candidates. And so they got shut down. They challenged, and the Supreme Court found in favor of Citizens United uh, citing the fact that the money being donated was free speech. Okay. All right. Lobbying. Um, lobbying is just trying to get congressmen to do what you want. And the question on the test is going to say something along the lines of what's the most important tool of a lobbyist. And so this is going to be the answer. Uh, they have to be able to um, raise money for candidates and officials. Okay, so one of the most important things a lobbyist can do is raise money for a candidate for their election. Uh, not to say that it's, you know, pay for play and pay to get an ear, but it helps when a lobbyist can go to a congressman and say, hey, I raised $50,000 for your campaign or whatever it might be. All right, how a bill becomes a law, and this was the other assignment uh, for you that you had. You had to do an infographic uh, about how a bill becomes a law, so take the steps and put them into a graphic. So hopefully this is pretty familiar to you. Uh, I think the main thing is the first step, and or the second step, excuse me, is who can introduce a bill 
in Congress, and that's any congressman. Okay, so on the House side, you can introduce a bill as a House member. On the Senate side, you can introduce the, a bill as a senator. So anybody can do it. So if you got elected, you could introduce the most silliest bill ever. Uh, like a couple years, a long time ago now, a guy from Pennsylvania issued a, or recommended a bill that uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, be the chocolate fat, chocolate capital of the world. Uh, that really wasn't worth anybody's time, but they're allowed to because they're a congressman. Me or you can't do this. We can't go introduce a bill, only a House member. The other part about the how a bill becomes a law for the test um, is at the end, uh, remember that they have to pass the same exact bill. So the House and the Senate have to pass the same exact stuff. And uh, if they are different in any way, then it goes to a conference committee, which I'm going to talk about in just a second. Okay, so how a bill becomes a law. Uh, there are more steps. I'm going to assume that you've done your assignment and you're pretty familiar with all the steps. I think those are the two main ones that I've talked about that are going to be on the test, although there, there might be a few more. All right, committees. There's four types of committees. Uh, standing, these are permanent, uh, and each side, House and Senate, has their own committee. They have, uh, this, the House has about 25 or so standing committees. The Senate has about 18 standing committees. So they both have standing committees on, on both sides, and they're permanent. They last, they go from session to session. Yeah. Uh, about 25 on the House side and about 18 on the Senate. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and just remember, and I think this is the part that's on the test, this is where all the work takes place, okay, is in a committee, uh, and specifically in the standing committee. Uh, the full House, 435 people, cannot do anything. You know, it'd be like the full uh, senior class trying to get into Miss Wing's office to talk to her about seniors getting to leave campus for lunch. You know, uh, 600 people can't fit in there, right, and talk to her and have a functional discussion. Uh, so instead, they break it into groups. So that's why we have standing committees, is so they can do the work in these committees. Uh, the select and joint committees are not on the test, so don't worry about them. Okay, just remember select and joint are not permanent. Okay, so they're not permanent committees. Um, and both sides can have them. And then the other one that's on the test is the conference committee. And this is when they meet to discuss the differences in a bill. So if the House passes a bill that's going to call for $200 million in spending, and the Senate passes a bill that says $150 million, they got to meet and they got to work out the differences. Okay. So they cannot send a bill to the president that has any differences. It has to be the same exact thing. All right, almost done. Uh, political action committees, uh, you really just got to know the definition for the test. And political action committees is just a group that raises money for candidates running for office. So political action committees, uh, they were created to get around limits that were placed on raising money. And so if I have a thousand, I have $10,000 that I want to donate, but I'm limited to a thousand dollars. Well, let me give some money to this political action committee who will then donate to the candidate of my, uh, that I want. Speaker of the house, we already talked about, so I'm not going to go back over that. The 17th amendment, there is a specific question on the how on the, on the test about the 17th. Uh, and just remember that this is direct election of senators. So and I think the question on the test is actually who used to pick senators. So you need to know that it used to be state legislatures. 
Okay, so state legislatures used to pick the senators uh, and the 17th Amendment decided that we as the citizens get to pick them now. <clears throat> All right, uh, necessary and proper clause. This is what allows Congress to stretch their powers. So we kind of did this back in unit uh, two when we did the Constitution. Uh, the necessary and proper clause allows Congress to do things that aren't necessarily in the Constitution. So as long as they can make it sound like it's something that has to do with their powers that's listed, then they're allowed to do it. My favorite example is from U.S. history, because I'm a U.S. history teacher at heart, um, is the Bank of the United States. If you go to the Constitution and you look for inf information about a bank, you're not going to find it. It does not exist. There is no mention of a bank in the U.S. Constitution. But Congress created a bank back in the 1830s because they said, we control commerce. Commerce deals with banks, therefore we're allowed to do it. That's them stretching their powers. All right, the election cycles, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of know why the presidential is on there, but I don't think it's on the test. So we're just going to go with congressional stuff. Uh, the congressional cycles, it's every two years there's a congressional election. Okay, so every two years there's a congressional election. So every two years there's a congressional election. Um, so you, this year coming up, 2022, is called a midterm because it's in the middle of Biden's term. All right. And then the four year mark when the president runs, that's a presidential election. And that's the general election because everybody's running them. All righty. And then finally, uh, there are a couple questions on the congressional district stuff. Uh, the two are on reapportionment. Actually, I think there's one on each one of these. So there's one on each one of these topics. And it's kind of just, uh, it's pretty much a straight up vocab. Uh, reapportionment. Redistricting and gerrymandering is what we're talking about. Uh, let's do redistricting first because it kind of goes in order. I should have put it in order. Uh, redistricting uh, happens when we have to redraw the lines. Okay. So population shifts within the states. And so they will redraw the congressional lines because the House is supposed to represent about 800,000 people. So like Gwinnett, we have roughly somewhere between 900 and 900,000 and maybe a million people or so in Gwinnett. So we can't just have a district made up of Gwinnett. We have to be separated because there's so many of us here. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They, they already have some. So the question was, will they redraw Gwinnett's line? They've already, uh, the state legislatures have already put out a, a plan, a map. They just got to vote on it. And I haven't looked to see what, I don't think like we here in Collins Hill will change, but some places on the outside uh, will change a little bit. So good question. Uh, so that's redistricting is the redrawing of the lines. Reapportionment is shifting the house numbers. Okay. So that we said there's 435 house members and those get doled out based on the populations of the states. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. So if a state gains people, they gain a house seat. So Florida gained people in the last census. This happens every 10 years. So Florida gained people. So that means they get one extra seat in the house. So they go from 27 to 28 seats. If they gain a seat, what had to happen to another state though? 
they had to lose a state. So a crappy place like Ohio, sorry if you're from Ohio, but it's a crappy place to live. Uh, they lost a seat. So they went from, I think, 16 to 15 seats. So reapportionment is just the, the adjustment of the House seats. And then finally, gerrymandering. Uh, this is where the state legislatures draw those lines in the redistricting process. They draw the lines kind of unfairly to benefit a, a, a party. So both how, uh, Republicans and Democrats do this. So don't think it's just one party. Uh, whoever's in charge will draw the lines to benefit them. All right. So it will draw the lines uh, to benefit them. Uh, there's a couple of examples. I, I think if you looked at uh, the PowerPoint that was with this one, you saw some examples. There's one out in California where it's just this skinny, about a 10-mile stretch from coast to inland but it goes about a hundred miles down the coast. It's, it's really weird. Uh, but they pigeonhole the wealthy in there. Uh, in North Carolina, there's a stretch up, up 85. It's just, it's where the lines get drawn weird. And sometimes it is to get rid of voters, to include voters. Uh, it's, it benefits the parties. It is legal, but it can be challenged. All right, guys, that is the test. Once again, there's 40 questions on it. Uh, we'll take it in class uh, tomorrow. And uh, yeah, if you have questions, uh, reach out on a reminder, email me or come see me during advisement and we'll sort it out. Hope all is well and see you tomorrow.